following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Today's sermon is pre-recorded. Message tonight is entitled Get Out of Jail Free. Get Out of Jail Free. Oh Lord, I'm asking you to release the captive tonight, to set the captive free. Lord, in your grace and in your mercy, by your blood shed on Calvary's tree, 
set the captive free. I pray in your holy name. Amen. First Peter, the second chapter. First Peter. First Peter, the first chapter, verse 15. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. That word holy is very, very important for us to understand. The word means to be set apart for a special purpose. It means to be consecrated. It means to be sacred. In other words, to be no longer a part of the devil's program, but to be released from that prison and set free to serve Jesus Christ. Then we find in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, verse 14, make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. In other words, make every effort to be holy. Make every effort to be set apart from the world and the devil's dealings. To be set apart, to be made holy, sacred. Normally the word sacred is applied only to God. But the scriptures call us for the sake of God and by the power of God and by the blood of Jesus to be set apart and to use every effort to be set apart that we might be made sacred for God. Watch. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Now, many of you were taught that if you wanted to see Jesus, you said a sinner's prayer, you accepted Jesus into your life, And you were stamped with heaven's good housekeeping seal. And you were saved. That's not what the scriptures teach. That's just what the modern church teaches. The scriptures teach that we must be made holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. In my heart, what that's caused me to do is determined that I will serve Jesus Christ. I will be devoted to Jesus Christ. All of my energies will go toward the kingdom of heaven. That I will give nothing of myself for this world and its entertainment or its desires. I instead will give myself for heaven. But there's a problem as I begin to do that. My circumstances usually don't change very much as I begin to do that. In other words, I'm changing inside, but my circumstances are still the same. So when you go home from this house tonight, you've got to face the same set of circumstances that you walk through all day today. So to be made holy to me also means to be released from my circumstances. To be released from my bondages. So that should mean 
that job that you hate, you should be released from, right, when you follow Jesus Christ. That marriage that's so desperately broken should be healed following Jesus Christ. You shouldn't have to put up with that nonsense anymore. Isn't that true? So I want to be set free from this so that I can serve Jesus Christ in holiness. And I can't serve Jesus Christ in holiness as long as this ball and chain is on my ankle. So Jesus cut me free. And then he doesn't cut you free. And so you're saying, okay, it must be because I have sin in my life. So I better examine myself again. Well, I don't find anything, but maybe I'm just not a very good person. And then we swing into all kinds of self-condemnation. I just can't do this. How can I be saved when I can't do it? Well, all the time, it's not about you doing it. You're mad because God's not setting you free from this ball and chain. And you figured if you just could do enough, and if you could get rid of the sin enough, and if you could be righteous enough, and you could finally be holy, God would release you from that ball and chain. And instead it seems that ten ball and chains are added. The burden seems to get heavier, not lighter. So you're saying I was better off before I was serving Jesus. Things only got tougher when I started following Jesus. My family situation got tougher. My job seems to get tougher. It's tougher to lose weight. Everything gets harder because now I'm following Jesus and he's not cutting me free. I'm saying, what's wrong, Jesus? Can't be your fault. It's got to be my fault. There's just something I'm missing here. If I could just get it right... I'd get released from that ball and chain. And when I don't, the scriptures say this, see to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. When things don't go the way we want them to go, in this road to holiness, it's easy to begin turning bitter in our hearts and say, this thing doesn't work. After all, why am I following Jesus if not to get free of my ball and chain? Jesus is just another self-help program, isn't he? Except now Jesus is supposed to do it all and I ride on a Cadillac. Just ride the wave right on into heaven. Everything's supposed to be smooth riding. So this bitter root begins to grow up in my heart. If God's not any good for getting rid of the ball and chain, what good's God? Now, you'd never say that. Instead, you'd say, I'm bad. It's me. It's not God. It's me. I guess God just passed me by. I guess I just, it's hopeless. So 
so I'll endure. I'll just put up with it. I'll agonize with it. As one dear brother said, I'll go to the prison yard and break more rock every day. That's my assignment. I'll go to the salt mine. I'll try to have a cheerful countenance, but I'm mad. I'm tired of this. Why do I have to put up with this? The pagans don't have to put up with this. Why do I have to put up with this? I'm not allowed to do this, and I'm not allowed to do that. And, and, and he won't let me go here, and he won't let me go there, and I can't eat this, and I can't do that. What's, come on. I'll do all of that, God, but get the ball and chain off my leg. And the longer that ball and chain remains on my leg, the more bitterness grows in my heart. Until it looks like to everyone who looks at me, I need a Holy Spirit facelift. And the pagans look at me and say, is that serving Jesus? I don't want to do that. What are you, a masochist? You just enjoy being miserable? Is that why you follow Jesus? Why are you a Christian? If you're not a Christian so that you can prosper and and be healthy and have a wonderful life, why are you a Christian? If God is not going to bring success to you and make you a winner, why are you a Christian? If God is not going to bring you revival and make you the man of the hour, why are you a Christian? If I can never realize the calling of my life and arise to my very best for God, why be a Christian? That bitter root grows up in our hearts and it begins to defile many because that poison begins to spread out through the body of Christ until the whole body of Christ is groaning and moaning and somebody says, come on, let's get a band. You know, let's, let's go, let's, let's get a dog and pony show going here. Let's get a little bit of happiness rolling in this house. Let's get a, let's get a comedian in here, a Christian comedian. You know, let's bring in the clowns. Let's have a happy hour. Let's feed pizza and sodas. I mean, let's have a watermelon feast. Let's do some partying. Let's do something to liven up this dead place. If we're going to have a ball and chain on us, we might as well enjoy a little bit of the world while we're going. That bitter root grows up in the heart until it destroys the life of Christ in us. I want you to go with me in the book of Hebrews to the 13th chapter. Verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is not going to change. He has a plan. That plan involves right now your circumstances. That plan involves right now your life. 
with all of the arrows that are piercing your heart. The plan of God involves what is in place now in your family. The question is, will you allow a bitter root to grow up in your heart that will defile many? Or will you walk another way? Look with me at the answer in verse 12. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. You remember the sacrifices that were offered on the altar of burnt offering? There were fellowship offerings that were offered. And when a fellowship offering was offered, the carcass of the animal was given to the family so that they could celebrate together. Meaning that they were participating in the altar of peace with the Lord. But when the burnt offering was made for the sin offering, the carcass of the animal, entrails, the skin, they were all taken outside of the camp and burned. Meaning that the children of Israel could not participate in the sin offering because their sins weren't really forgiven yet. In other words, that offering was something that did them no good. They were going to have to look forward to Jesus Christ, and they were going to have to eat his body. So Jesus suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy. When Jesus was offered as a sacrifice, he was not offered in the temple because he left behind the whole Old Covenant system. He walked out of the Old Covenant system. He left the whole program of animal sacrifices behind. And he came outside of the city. And there he was sacrificed. Jesus said, take up your cross, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. That was not meaning, follow me to the tabernacle. It was not follow me to the laws of the old covenant. It was follow me outside of the Jewish system, outside of the city, and die with me out there. Of course, tonight, part of what I have to ask, what has God called you out of? We know what he's called you into. He's called you into death and resurrection and new life. What has he called you out of? Has he called you out of the suffering of this world? No. Has he called you out of the workplace where you're at? 
No. Has he called you out of the marriage that's so miserable? No. He hasn't called you. He called you out of the old Levitical system of earning your own righteousness. He called you out of a out of a sanctuary setting where the blood of animals was offered to open the way to heaven. He called you out of that. He called you out of every means of making yourself righteous. Called you out of trying hard. Called you out of self-justification. Called you out of your life of sin. He called you out of your foolishness. He called you out of all bitterness of heart. He called you to come out of that and to come outside the city to a cross. Let's go further. Jesus suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. Well, what disgrace? The disgrace of all those things you hate so much in your circumstances that cause you such agony of heart. Those things that you're demanding God set you free from. He's not interested in setting you free from those things yet. In time, you'll be set free. Right now, he's using those things in your life. Like a whip. To discipline. To direct your steps. Teach you the way in which you should go. Just as he used Joseph's prison cell or Potiphar's slavery over Joseph. He used that to discipline Joseph and to prepare Joseph to be used by God. And so all of these things in our lives, Jesus didn't die to set you free from those things. Those are the things that Continue in our life. Tomorrow you're going to have to get up and face that job. You're going to have to face those finances. You're going to have to face those family members. You're going to have to face all of that again. And the question that I have to ask you. Are you serving those things? Are you serving Jesus Christ? You cannot serve both God and money. You can't serve two masters. If you serve Jesus Christ, you go outside of the city and you bear the same shame that Jesus bore. What was his shame? He was rejected. He was cursed. He was thought ill of. He was disrespected. He had no authority or no power. He submitted to whatever 
the Lord God of heaven brought down upon his back without opening his mouth, with no whines and no complaints. He submitted to the discipline that the Almighty God had brought into his life. The scriptures tell us that Jesus became perfect through suffering. Or Jesus matured. The word perfect there means mature. He matured. He grew up in his suffering. Without suffering, there is no growing up. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. If you're looking for the deliverance now, instead of the deliverance at the end of time, you are going to be very, very disappointed. As God is using those things to turn your heart toward heaven. Verse 15, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Now, in the Old Testament, they offered lambs and bulls. They offered turtle doves. They offered as sacrifices on the altar. But Jesus came out of all of that. And he said, now there's one sacrifice that replaces all of the others. There was one last bloody sacrifice made. Jesus himself. Now the sacrifice that's being called for, for us to daily offer. Morning and evening sacrifice, all day sacrifice, is the sacrifice of praise. Now, if I have no money, and you say, Pastor, here's the money you need. I can say, thank you, that's awesome. Look at the deliverance. This is wonderful. Is that a sacrifice? That's no sacrifice. That's easy. But if I don't have what I need, is Jesus enough? And then do I offer to Jesus a sacrifice of praise? So Jesus, I thank you for that job at the Pentagon. I praise you, Jesus, for Homer. I praise you, Jesus, for that child. I praise you, Jesus. I give you a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving for what is making me so miserable. Because, I'll tell you what makes us miserable. What makes us miserable is that we want to be made holy like Jesus and be released from our ball and chain. 
And when we're not released from our ball and chain, we're still going to serve Jesus, but we're going to be miserable. So that bitter root grows up in our heart. Who are we really serving? We're really not serving Jesus, are we? We're really serving the ball and chain. We're still really serving our pain. Because it's controlling us. Whatever controls us, we serve. Are you controlled by the agony of heart? Are you controlled by the pain? Are you controlled by your disappointments? Are you controlled by the other person's bitterness toward you? Are you controlled in how you speak and how you act by what your boss says to you and how he says it? Are you controlled by the circumstances of your life? Then that's what you're worshiping. Are you exhausted, broken by your ball and chain? Then that's where you're worshiping. When you come to Jesus Christ, you offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise because you've been counted worthy of suffering for the name of Jesus Christ. And you've come out of this mess, dragging your ball and chain, thanking him and praising his name and saying, Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to suffer for your name. Well, why don't the pagans suffer? Because they're not trying to follow Jesus. And they've grown strong carrying their ball and chain. They're having their heaven right now. Well, I don't want my heaven now. I want my heaven with Jesus. So if in your attitude, in your heart, you're troubled, you're oppressed, you're discouraged, you are not following or worshiping Jesus Christ. If words of complaint and grumbling arise from your mouth, you're not serving Jesus Christ. Oh, you may be saying you're serving Jesus Christ, but that's only so you can get out of him what you want. And when you don't get what you want, you complain against him, and that bitter root grows up in your heart. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. Not confess the trouble. Not confess our misery. Confess the name of Jesus. And do not forget to do good and to share with others. Oh, I was, I was okay walking through this until I got to that line. The acid test, the acid test of your sacrifice of praise is whether after you've offered the sacrifice of praise, you're going to be stingy. <laughs> if after you've offered the sacrifice of praise and you're still stingy, you're playing games with God. You're trying to convince him of something that's not true. The test 
is whether you're willing to do good and share with others. Because a person embittered in their heart cannot do good for others. He's into his own misery. And misery begets misery. But when you come to Jesus and you offer that sacrifice of praise, and then you take out of your lap and bless the name of the Lord. Remember the widow? Jesus was watching the people come and throw their bags of gold into the offering in the women's court of the temple. Here this little widow comes up with two little copper coins, not even one penny. She puts it in and Jesus said, see that? She gave more than all the rest because that's all she had. She gave it all. You can only give it all when there's praise rising up in your heart and there's thanksgiving rising up in your heart. As long as you have that ball and chain on and you're bitter about it, And that root of bitterness is growing up in your heart. You can't give. You can't praise. You can't be kind. Or else you're doing that very sophisticated number of, I praise you, Jesus. Is it done yet? I praise you, Jesus. Is it done yet? And pretty soon you'll come to an end of that praise and you'll say, Jesus, no good serving you. What good are you? You'd never do anything for me. Isn't it amazing? I thought it was we who were to serve Jesus. Jesus wasn't called to serve you and me. We're called to serve Jesus. We're not in this for what we can get. We're in this to give our hearts and our lives to Jesus Christ that his name would be glorified and honored. And if he's honored by my pulling this ball and chain, thank you, Jesus, add another one. If you're honored, Jesus, by this situation, then double it. I want you to gain all the honor possible. And when this thing no longer honors you, Jesus, when it has fulfilled all of its purposes, cast it into the depths of the sea. In the meantime, I'm just going to praise you and worship you and honor your name and glorify your mighty name. Awesome is the name of the Lord. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Now go back with me to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. The second chapter. Let's begin with verse 9. But you are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people belonging to God. That you may declare the praises of him. Who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The reason we've been called into Jesus Christ is to offer thanksgiving and praise to the Lord God of heaven so that the devil can see that he can take his best shot at us. 
And we're still going to praise the name of the Lord. The reason Job got in trouble with the Lord God of heaven. The reason the Lord God of heaven came down and said to Job. Okay, wise man. Let me ask you some questions. Do you know where the rain is kept? Do you know where the storehouse is for the lightning? Who measured out the foundations of the earth? Who hung it in space? He's speechless. Finally, he says, Lord, I repent in dust and ashes. I've seen you. Awesome. Majestic. Holy. Well, why did Job get in trouble? Because in the midst of his misery, He did not offer the sacrifice of praise to Jesus. He offered instead, curse the day I was born. I wish I'd never been born. I wish I could just die. I'm going to be righteous, but I wish I were dead. I'm going to do what God has told me to do, even if it kills me, but I wish I weren't here. And his friends came and just joined in and beat up on him. I mean, he offered a perfect target. His friends could have had nothing to say to him if he had simply resisted every attack by praising the Lord God of heaven. So I guess the question I'm asking you tonight is, praise the name of the Lord? Are you going to rejoice With the ball and chain on your leg? Are you going to offer the sacrifice of praise? Or are you going to walk serving God with a bitter heart? Bitter root. God's a hard God. It's tough. And do with Jesus. See, the get-out-of-jail-free card? Jesus. To get out of jail free is to praise Jesus. In the midst of my suffering, because now my circumstances, instead of being horrible to endure, I'm now rejoicing because I've been counted worthy of suffering for the name of Jesus Christ. I mean, the disciples, they're brought before the Jewish leaders and they're all whipped. Their backs are cut open. They're hurting. They're in extreme pain. And what does it say as they're headed home? They were praising God for the opportunity to suffer for the name of Jesus. Uh, We've got a bless me culture in the American church today. It's not what the gospel's about. Will deliverance come from that ball and chain? Yes, when it's finished its work. 
Or maybe like the Apostle Paul, the Lord's going to say, my grace is sufficient for you. Keep doing it. Because he had been given such awesome revelation, he had to have something to keep him humble. I'm very aware tonight, I need to get smaller and Jesus needs to get bigger. I need to get smaller and Jesus needs to get bigger. The only way I know for Jesus to get bigger is by letting go of my demands that God deliver me now. And instead begin to say, Lord, your will be done. Your will be done. So what is the burden you're bearing tonight? I hope the only burden you're bearing is the burden of the sacrifice of praise. Thanksgiving in all situations, in all circumstances, praising the name of Jesus. This is what pleases the Lord. Mighty God, set us free from this bitter root of complaining. Lord, set us free from being absorbed with ourselves and call us out of all of this to that place of crucifixion where, Lord Jesus, we offer you the sacrifice of praise, thanksgiving, honor, and glory. Thank you, mighty King. I pray in your name. Amen. Tonight, if you know that you have been sinning against God, by your bitter complaining. Tonight you're ready to let it go. You're ready to repent of that. Come and let us pray together. My brothers and sisters are coming. Confess that complaints have been found hearts. Words of Anger and bitterness and accusation have arisen from their hearts because you have not done for them what they wanted you to do. The captivity has not been broken. The release has not been granted. And in the pain and anguish of this situation, a bitter root has grown up. Lord, I'm asking tonight in the name of Jesus that this bitter root be cut that it be cut off and that you would wipe away this bitter root, that you would forgive us for this bitter root, Jesus. By your grace and by your mercy, wipe it out of our hearts. Lord, let there be found now on the lips of each person. Let there be found on each heart words of praise, a sacrifice of praise, thanksgiving, honoring the name of Jesus. Lord, use every circumstance in my life and in the life of my brothers and sisters. Bring about holiness. 
Lord, we have said we will follow you regardless of the price. Now it's time to pay the price. Lord God, we pay the price with joy, with thanksgiving, glorifying your name. I trust you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray.
Thank you so much for joining us today. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress, brought to you by the National Prayer Chapel. Write to us at the National Prayer Chapel, P.O. Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195, or visit us online at nationalprayerchapel.com. God bless you. We love you. His glory with great joy, with great joy. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Presence of His glory with great joy.